Welcome to the LifeCast. We hope that you find this ministry of New Life Assembly of God as an encouragement to you. You will hear messages and lessons in God's Word by our staff and special guests. Enjoy the podcast. We're just going to look at God's Word and, you know, if you're in a place and you're a young family and, you know, the kids are running around, it is all right. Um... You just live your family life, have your family altar, lead your family spiritually and help impress and shape their attitude by your example. And so um, before we look into God's word, I want to share a few announcements with you Um, in that, uh, you know, obviously you're watching the live stream and I want you to be able to go to uh, SpartanewLife.com on the website at some point. Um, and I want you to know that there's a place there where you can get, you can click on this. This is new for us. You can click on this. Um, it says that you can get email notifications. And what that's going to do in a day and a time right now where we can't fellowship, you know, together at large numbers, those kind of things where we don't have the normal, natural communication that we have, um, that I want you to click on that and sign up for that because then it'll give you notifications when something is posted on the website in the way of an update or an announcement or uh, a little video clip or a devotional thought, some of those things that are going to be generated by our staff um, so that we can still have connection with one another. And so I want you to be able to do that. Some of you have subscribed to our YouTube channel where you can, you know, um, connect to past uh, sermons and teachings and, and videos and things. Uh, our youth ministry, our children's ministry, they're going to be doing several things through, their, through the website, through their um, Facebook pages for their ministry, the same as the Facebook page for New Life here. Um, I, I just want to mention all this because... You know, um, we're kind of in a place where we're forced to, to do those things. And so I want to mention that. Um, our office hours here at the church for right now, um, and, you know, depending on what happens, all of this can be modified or changed. Um, Monday through Thursday, 9 a.m. till 4 p.m. Those are our office hours for the week, Monday through Thursday, 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. Um, also, you know, we have many studies and things that go on through the week normally and in ministries. And so, um, for example, the men's uh, Tuesday night um, Bible study, they're going to continue, but they're going to do it through something called Zoom. It's, it's kind of like a video uh, conferencing together where each person can call in And they set up that time, and they get to see each other and talk and go through the study and discuss the Scripture, encourage one another, pray together. And so um, I want to encourage those of you who uh, have a study where your leader's doing that, or, you know what, you can certainly call um, a couple of your uh, contacts here in the church, and you can set up your own discussion and do those things. Uh, I want to encourage you to do that. Listen, I... All of us, all of us need to take a very conscious initiative to be checking on one another. Um, That's what these phones are for, and that we have these devices. It's to call, it's to text, 
It's uh, to send a video or whatever apps you use to communicate. And um, I want you to be mindful of people outside of your friendship group that you may want to check on and connect with. Uh, this is a day where fellowship is kind of forced into this venue. And so we have to take extra initiative. We've got to do, make some conscious thought to stay in touch with people. We need one another. Fellowship is a biblical principle. And uh, we need to still assemble ourselves together in whatever form we can. And that's just important. I made some additional calls yesterday to some people who are on my mind. And um, we all need to be doing that together as a ministry to the body. So um, one last um, announcement. Um, I know that this church is so faithful in your giving and your generosity when we have guests, um, missionaries, uh, particular needs or scholarships, and in your general giving and tithes. Um, up to this point, you can mail that in. You can drop it at the office during those office hours that I talked about. Um, you can do bill pay through your bank. It's not a complicated thing. The other is, this week, you will see a tab show up on our website for online giving. And that'll be there for you. If you have any questions, don't hesitate. Call the church office. We'll do our best to get you the information that you're looking for. So, um, I want us to look at, at God's Word, obviously. It's the foundation of our faith should be the foundation of our life, should be the foundation and the direction of our thinking, how we live, how we conduct ourselves, uh, and how we rid ourselves of ourself and our own humanity. And so I want us to look at that, but kind of an introduction to this time. Um, we're aware that what's going on around in our communities and across our nation and globally. Um, and I, want to, I know it creates anxiety for people. Um, I know that it creates some worry. Um, and obviously we're all concerned. Um, but how we let that impact us as a believer, I want to encourage you, I want you to remember some things this morning about God, our Savior, who He is, who He has been, who He is today, who He will be tomorrow for us and for those who put faith in him. And so I want to share with you a little bit of perspective on how we're supposed to live in times like these, how we're supposed to guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And so we're going to review a few things about the Lord. Where I want to start is virus and things like this. I I want you to know that these things are supposed to happen. It doesn't mean we're for them. It doesn't mean that we are in favor of them. It's just that we know through Scripture there's going to be wars and rumors of wars. We know that the Bible talks there's going to be earthquakes and natural disasters and there's going to be famine and there's going to be you know uh, pestilence and there's going to be all of these things. And it's not a doom and gloom. It's that these things are referred to as birthing pains. 
They're signs. They're indications. And, and we want, I want, for my life, my family, for this church body, for those around me, those who um, maybe aren't even in the faith of Christ, I want us to realize these things. One, as a believer, it should be a reminder to us that the coming of Christ is not a philosophy or some sentimental, supernatural idea that we sing about and talk about, but it's not actual. It is actual. There is a coming of Christ. And these signs are to remind us that, hey, we gotta, we got to remember and cry with the Spirit, come Lord Jesus. We desire You. That there is a coming of Christ. Let's not forget about that. Um, you know, something like this, some kind of disaster happens, something goes on, and we as believers, part of it is reminding us that there is a rapture, there is a coming of Christ to gather the elect, those who have put a sincere faith in Him. It also has to be an awakening for those who maybe have a bit of an empty religious faith in the sense that I go through some motions, but the actuality of Jesus Christ in my life has no real effect other than I go to church and maybe give in the offering and go through some exercise of religious duty, but it's not impacting me as a person and, and who I am and transforming me. You know, if it's a person who doesn't believe in the Lord at all, that these signs are supposed to get us to turn our hearts to Him. I want this, this temporary threat of what is going on. And when I say temporary, I don't believe this is the end. Okay? I believe this is a birthing pain. I believe it's an indicator. It's to realign us and remind us in our faith or to draw us to Him. You see, we got, we got to understand something. Our comfortable life that some of us enjoy, and even some, you know, we've got troubles, but when this hits, it makes us look like some of our other troubles are, boy, puts perspective on things. I want you to hear this. Our talents, our reputation, our money, our human scheming and ingenuity has its limitations. It is not going to save us from all of these things. It doesn't mean we don't put forth effort. Of course we do. But it's not going to save us from this. It is that we're supposed to turn our hearts to the Lord, call upon Him for His mercy, for His grace. You see, this isn't about God oppressing us. This is about God saying, hey, you, don't you forget about me. I love you too much. I care about you too much. These birthing pains, let them be signs to awaken us and remind us that we are not self-sufficient. We need the Lord. He wants to have relationship with us. He wants to have relationship with you. That's what matters. That's what this is about. This life is going to pass away at some point for all of us. You know? But those who have faith in him never die, he says, in the Gospel of John, chapter 14. So I want to encourage you today. These things, they're going to happen. They're supposed to happen. Don't be shocked. Don't go into worry. Be concerned. Do our part. 
But remember who he is. Remember his word. Look at his track record. He's faithful. And so these are birthing pains. Please tell me that your faith, my faith, really is not just some philosophy. That our faith is actual. You parents of children, you shape them by God's word and by your faith and by your conduct and your response to the things that go on in our life. Not just these extreme things, but the, the weekly things, the things that we used to call normal. They're going to catch that from you. Seek the Lord while he may be found. And let these things in our life, the testings, the trials, whether personal, regional, globally, let them have their perfect work in turning our hearts to the Lord. That's what this is about. And so our security and our peace should always be found in Christ, the good shepherd. The good shepherd. And uh, our response in life, our response, I want us to catch this, our response to the things in life will prove whether we believe he is actually a good shepherd or our actions, our conduct will prove that we don't really believe he's the good shepherd. I want us to take a look at the Good Shepherd, and we're going to look in a couple of places. John chapter 10, uh, verses 1 through 21, it goes through what Jesus starts to tell his disciples. And you'll see in there when he does the first portion, they come to a point where he knows, and the scripture says, they weren't understanding, they weren't catching it, they weren't getting it. So he went and explained some more. I just want to pull one verse, really. Um, verse number 9 out of chapter 10 of the Gospel of John. And Jesus is speaking. He says, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, they will be saved. They will come in and go out and find green pastures. A couple of key things I want us to pull from this verse. And the first, first is, he says, Um, I am the door if anyone. I know you're at home and this might seem a little silly to you, but I want you to say this. Anyone. Anyone. It doesn't, listen, it doesn't matter what your history is. It doesn't matter what you've done, what's been done to you. It doesn't matter what side of the tracks you were born on. It doesn't matter the color of your skin. It doesn't matter what nation you're from. It doesn't matter what language you speak. It doesn't matter where you're at in the social group or the economy. It doesn't matter. It says if anyone, anyone enters through the door. Who's the door? It's Christ. It says enters by me. If I am the door, if anyone enters by me, I want you to hear this loud and clear. There is only one name by which you and I can be saved. And it is through God's only Son, Jesus. 
He's the only one who went and died on a cross for the sins of humanity when he wasn't guilty. And his life wasn't taken from him. He gave it. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. It is Christ alone. That upsets some people. I get it. They have some other idea, some other philosophy, some other... I'm just telling you that there is no other name by which a person can be saved. And here's the great news. We enter by him. It says they will be saved. I will be saved. Say it. You at home, say it. I will be saved. As long as you put faith in Christ, that's the result. Now watch this. Watch this. It says, they will, meaning us, those who believe the sheep, following a good shepherd, it says they're going to come in, and they're going to go out, and they're going to come in, and they're going to go out. And what are they going to find? Green pastures. Our salvation is in Christ alone. We put faith in Him. We're His flock. We can come in and go out and you're going to find green pastures. These are kind of sometimes little silly scenarios. And I know it's been overstated in the last couple of weeks of, you know, grocery stores, the shelves are empty, you can't get paper products, etc., etc. And have we done a little extra shopping? Of course. It's not that we're worried or fearful, uh, but, you know, we all have to have these things to live, right? So I've gone out, and I've come in. I've gone out, and I've come in. And there are certain things that I couldn't find in one place, couldn't find in another place. And I wasn't running around frantic. It's when I was out and doing things. And you know what? He's provided green pastures. He knows what you need. He's a good shepherd. And were some of our more favorite things on the shelf? Well, maybe not. But I find a lot of joy in baked beans. <laughs> in Italian sausage. <laughs> you know, those aren't my wife's favorite things. You know, but they still have had a few Cadbury eggs on the shelf. She likes those. <laughs> she doesn't live on those, but you know, I'm having a little bit of fun with you. Listen, he's going to care for you. It says that we come in and go out. So understand, this isn't just sitting on our front porch waiting for a miraculous FedEx delivery. Now those things happen for people. But it says that we come in and go out. There's responsibility that we have in this. To come in and go out and come in and go out. That there's action involved. There's responsibility of living life with faith, faithfulness, and wisdom. I want you to know He's going to provide green pastures. Psalm 23, which I'm going to read 
And I know we've had a midweek study on this chapter. I know that a lot are familiar with this passage. Even for those who maybe aren't believers, um, they're familiar with this passage. They've heard it at funerals or have seen it on a plaque or maybe when they were a kid they had some church background. Well, I want to read Psalm 23 because it talks about God and Him being a shepherd. Don't tune out if this is familiar to you. I, I want you to listen to this. Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I'll tell you what, that's a great starting place for you and I to make that proclamation. Where you sit at home today, for your family, you teach your children, the Lord is my shepherd. Teach them to say it. Let them know what it means. Remind yourself, those of you who are sitting by yourself somewhere today, listen, make this proclamation. Speak it out loud. The Lord is my shepherd. Remind yourself, He's your shepherd. He's a good shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. We just heard that in the New Testament. Now we're here in the Old Testament. You see, God's the same yesterday, today, and for all the tomorrows throughout eternity. He's the same. Now listen to this. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. I don't know what this week has been for you. Maybe you've been robbed mentally, emotionally, because of what's going on, or other things in life that we still have to deal with. And you just feel like your soul's empty or your soul's been robbed or something happened in your past that your mind and thoughts and the way you perceive life and do relationships and make decisions, you were damaged somewhere. And so you took into your own hands and you just said, that's it. This is what I'm doing from now on. In response to hurt, that's all of our tendency. But if we follow the Lord... And open to him, he restores our soul. He restores your soul. That you can still think right. And you can still act pure. And you can still trust. And you can still love the way we should. He restores the soul. If you've been robbed this week somewhere in your soul and all the demands, listen. Let him restore your soul. It says, He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. In other words, he does it because he cares for us. He's leading us what's right. If for his name's sake means he gets the reputation of being a good shepherd. Anybody who looks at your life and you're following the Lord and they see your life and what goes on and all that you deal with, but they see this rightness about you, and we get to say, Well, that's because I have a good shepherd. It's for His name. It's for His glory. It's for others to see, I want a shepherd like that. Maybe I need to abandon my ways, my philosophy, whatever I'm doing, and I need to listen and follow after and check out this good shepherd. 
Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. If we, I want you to keep this in mind as we go through Psalm 23. It's like all these different places. It's a journey walking with Him. Our life is a journey. But He takes us and will provide and make a way for us through all these places. They sound out real, they starts out sounding really good. Green pastures, you know, uh, still waters. And then you come to this one that sounds a little sketchy, like, I don't want to go through uh, the shadow of death. I don't want anything looming evil. I don't want darkness to overtake me. I don't want trouble to, you know, threaten what I have and those I love. And he says, listen, you can walk through the valley in the presence of evil, death, even so close that it's casting a shadow. He says, we can walk through those places, those difficulties, those dark hours, If we follow Him, He will bring us through and we do not have to have fear. Understand that that is one of the routes that we walk in this life. In the valley of the shadow of economic trouble. Through the valley of the shadow of pestilence or virus or Whatever it is, we can walk through the valley and not have fear overtake us or direct us or cause us to lose sight of who we're following. We choose, but I want you to know, we keep our eye on the shepherd. It's not that we ignore where we're walking, very acquainted with the surroundings, acquainted with what's going on, but we can walk through it without fear. We can walk through the valley of the shadow of death and I will fear no evil. Why? Because He is with us. Now why is He with us? Because we are supposed to be following Him. His rod and His staff, they comfort me. He prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. He anoints my head with oil. My cup overflows. Now get this. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me. In other words, goodness and mercy is going to be my track record. And not only that, goodness and mercy, they're following me. They're my traveling companions. We're walking together. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I want you to remember who he is. And that he is not ignorant or negligent over your life. And our faith and how we live and our attitude is going to reflect what we really believe. 
Do you, do I believe he is a good shepherd? Now, reading this scripture, though it is words of life, if we just read it like it's a rabbit's foot in our pocket, <laughs> that's not how we approach scripture. You see, here's, here's the little key. It's in verse 2, okay? It's in verse 2. If we want to know the good shepherd, we want to put faith in him, we want to you know, have him watch over us and take us through all these places in our life and through all of this. And not with fear motivating us. It's in verse 2, and here's the key. It says, he leads. He leads me beside still water. He leads. If he's not leading your life, we're in trouble. He leads. It indicates that I follow. Ah. Uh, the sheep know the shepherd's voice. They follow. This isn't, I'll follow when I'm in trouble, and then after the trouble's gone, I'll go and off and do my thing. I got it from here. Thanks for seeing me through. It's not like, hey, I broke down on the highway. Somebody came by. They, I got out of my trouble. And, okay, you wave goodbye and thank you, and then you're on your own again. This is about him leading and me following. The sheep know his voice. His voice is heard in his words. Through the Holy Spirit, speaking to you, the Spirit of God, which reveals to us the mind of God. That's what Paul writes in Corinthians. Listen, our faith has to be actual. And if our attitude in recent days prove that mm, it was a nice idea, it brings me sentiment, but when push comes to shove, I start doing my own thing. That is an indicator that we're not following and we're not coming under His leadership. His leadership will provide peace for us in hard times, in sketchy places, in difficulties. And the wounds of life, He can restore us. He'll watch over us. He's going to make a way for us. Does that mean that things aren't going to be hard or challenging? Of course they are. He leads sheep through very narrow passes. Shepherds with sheep, you know. Walking edges, steep, steep drop-offs. But we're supposed to keep our eye on Him. Supposed to listen to his voice, his direction. That's the key to this good shepherd actually watching over us, helping us, keeping his hand upon us, protecting us, walking with us through all of these places in our life. He leads, we follow. There is no exception to this. There's no fine print that says, this is all good except for when you, in 2020, go through this outbreak or this pandemic. Well, that doesn't apply. There's no fine print like that. This is who he is. 
who he's always been, who he will be. And I need to be in his word, not treat it like a rabbit's foot. I'm going to read this so I just feel a little peace here. No, no, I'm going to read this. Peace is a result, but this finds its place in my heart and how I'm going to look at my world and look at my life and look at myself and look at my family and look at you and make decisions. I want to show you one last thing. Matthew chapter 6, verse 32, 34. Jesus is, you know, in the middle of the Sermon on the Mount, and he says this. For the Gentiles, or pagans, those who didn't believe in God, they seek after all these things. And your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. Say this, he knows what I need. Say it again. At home, you at home, you say this. He knows what I need. He's the good shepherd. So here's the key. Seek first the kingdom of God and his rightness, his righteousness, right things. Don't get sloppy in this time where some are quarantined. It's like, oh, I can just let my guard down. No, seek him. Have fellowship with him. He's your friend. He's your savior. He's the Lord. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things, all these things, the things that you and I need, that he says he already knows what we need. He knows what we need. We seek him, his kingdom, his righteousness, and all these things will be added to us. Worship team, you can come back up. You know, if you look a little further back in this passage in Matthew 6. You know what I've noticed this time of year here in Wisconsin as we're coming into spring? We got havoc going on around us. But I've noticed the birds. Some have sent me a message. I noticed the first set of robins in my yard. And another person, the other, said, I noticed robins in our yard. And, you know, the birds are chirping and coming back and I don't know, they seem to be doing pretty good. I'm not even sure that the birds are aware of a pandemic. And it says in Scripture that He cares more for you than He does the birds. He takes care of the birds. But He senses and feels greater affection for you I don't know, when you're at home, maybe you need to look out your window. Spot a bird who's just going about their business. Remind yourself that that bird's needs are all taken care of. God's providing, they're working and doing what they're supposed to do. And If I do what I'm supposed to do, seek His kingdom first, 
His rightness, then my faith is actual. That I need to get back in line and in the flock and follow the Good Shepherd. That He is going to care for you. So is my faith actual? Or is it just pretend? Or is it just professional? Or do I really live like that? We have responsibility. We got all wisdom comes from God. We follow directives. We do all the things that we feel are responsible, but understand that those things alone, directives and all those things, they're never going to solve everything. It's about us seeking Him first, following Him. He knows the way. And He knows His purpose for you, and He knows what you need. You need to share this encouragement and a lot of conversations that are filled with anxiety for others. We're supposed to be a light. We're supposed to be people of hope. I mean, we're supposed to be able to give an answer for the hope that is within us. The glorious message of the gospel living in us. The Spirit's power to be a witness, a light. Don't let circumstance, situation, things that are going to happen in the later days and end times overcome the power of the Spirit in your life. God's with you. God's for you. Follow Him. Listen. He chose you. And He chose you to be alive at this time here on earth. He chose you. I want to pray with you. And then the worship team, they're going to remind us. We're going to sing a great chorus together in the closing moments of this service, this live stream. Thanks for joining us on the LifeCast. It is a ministry of New Life Assembly of God in Sparta, Wisconsin. If you are ever in the area, we would enjoy the opportunity of meeting you. Until then, remember, God is for you, not against you.